the cards is where magic is found We've played this game before, but never quite this way It's like an all-out war with Monsanto What is up, duelists? This is Pod of Greed, the only Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast officially sponsored by Kaibacore, as evidenced by our many restraining orders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Elliot, a.k.a. Ellen the Genderless. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and I am Sarah, also known as Joey, biding his time. I'm Dan, a.k.a. I gave a popus a copy of Undertale. That's a fucking deep cut, Dan, but I appreciate it. Mine didn't have anything to do with the episodes. I just wanted to I just wanted yeah. to announce my presence in the fucking Yeah, I mean episode. are you are you not become Ellen the Genderless? I have become Ellen the Genderless. Destroyer of Worlds. This is this is my this is my final form. Yes. <laughs> You've gone from Elliot, from Elliot the Grey to Elliot the They. <gasps> oh shit, that's really good. That's really fucking good, dude. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, what's up, y'all? We watched Yu-Gi-Oh! Again mm-hmm. this week. I mean, we did it every week. It's mm-hmm. wild. We did it, yeah, we did it last week. We'll probably do it again next week. Fucking amazing. God willing. God willing. Mm-hmm. If the if Ra, Ra be willing... Um, and yeah, so speaking of Ra and all that shit, uh, episode 85 for, for us, some people, is called Hidden Power, Mystery of the God Cards. Who are they? Where did they come from? Where did they go? Episode 36, uh, Rage of the Egyptian Gods. Dun, dun, dun! So the episode starts out with, uh, the, like, you know, the, the blimp bell rings and everyone goes, it's recess time! And they get to go into the playground for 20 minutes. Let's see. We see a shot of, like, my prepping her deck. There's a really good shot of Merrick just, like, stirring a a glass of something with his fingers. They put in, like, a little foley (laughs) noise for it. Fucking nasty boy. He's a monster. (laughs) God. So, we have a... So, there's a medical emergency on board. Yeah, and it's called Bakura. That we're dealing with. Which is that... It's called Bakura. It's just called his whole scene. They're basically just like looking through all the hallways looking for Kaiba and eventually Mokuba stops them and says this is a restricted area of the blimp. Yeah, and he, he says like, yeah, Kaiba's in his room, don't disturb him, at which Joey immediately just starts trying to break through the fucking door. Yeah. Uh, it very rolls. intently, with very a great amount of rage. You know, Rage of the Gods, as this episode is titled. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so the door opens, and the fucking sexual tension here is off the charts. Yeah, yeah. And just what really got me was like the height difference between Joey and Kaiba because he's just so fucking tall. You know, uh, longtime friends of the me Elliot will know that if there's one thing I love in this world, it's when one's big and one's small. Uh, yeah, so, like, the reason they're trying to find Kaiba is just to, like, Mr. Kaiba, sir, can you please land the blimp so we can take Bakura to hospital? Um, Kaiba says, then perish. He refuses. 
I get a thing of like so- Shizuka like sort of being like please Mr. Kaiba sir bag and like asking him very nicely and politely to like save her fucking brother's life or not her brother's life to save her brother's friend's life and he's still just like no uh, Honda and uh, Otogi do absolutely nothing here they don't they don't do anything they don't do anything at all in this episode they're sure actually don't. not they're not in this episode they were actually like replaced just a couple of extras that I've never seen before and we don't see again and it's just so it's yeah. so weird that they just so weren't weird. there. Just don't see them. They don't say anything bad here. I heard that in a cut of the episode that we did not see, they fight for Serenity's affection, both saying that her like impassioned speech to Kaiba was like so great. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I'm really glad that we didn't have to watch this version of that. Yeah, me uh, me too cuz it sounded it sounded like it was pretty rough to watch and like I would have pulled all my skin off. Mhm. Yeah. You know, it would really be really bad if, you know, say Honda and Otogi just kind of refused to let Serenity exist on her own fucking terms, but it's fine. We didn't have to see that. Yeah, it's like it doesn't even exist. It's uh, good I- and I love to not see it. <laughs> I do love to not see it, but uh, Kaiba says, no, we're not going to land the blimp, um, then perish. Kaiba wants to, like, or Joey wants to, like, beat the shit out of Kaiba for it. Like, he straight up threatens to beat him up. Uh, and Kaiba is obviously just, like, doing this for the drama because he just walks over and, like, hits the intercom and goes, send a medical team to Pekora's room. <laughs> and everyone's like... Uh, excuse me? Like, he'll be fine. They've had doctors the whole time. He was just doing all of this for the drama, which... Feels right. Fine, I guess. Thanks, Kaiba. There are apparently better doctors than the actual doctors at the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how Mokuba reassures everybody. I love him. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. he's so good. What Um, a perfect boy. uh, Yeah, at this point, um... Several, some people, of which Honda and Otogi are not included, decide to go and search for the Millennium Ring and go out around the blimp. Yeah, um, so it was so weird because I actually, while I was asleep last night, I fell into an alternate dimension. I forgot to tell you guys this. Oh, um, shit. I was cursed by a witch as a child, and uh, she, uh, I, these memories are coming back to me. She made me watch this episode, the, the cut parts of this episode in a dream last night. Mm. Um, it was the it horny was, cut. Yeah, I didn't like it. Uh, uh, and so now you are going to have to experience it with me. Uh, yeah. And Tristan makes a big show of saying, you guys go prep for your duel. I don't want my friend. I want my friends to be really prepared for the duel. And so out of the goodness of my heart, me and Duke are going to go look for the Millennium Ring. Yeah, it turns out, oh, weird. It wasn't out of the goodness of his heart. It was so that he could haul Duke to the top of the blimp. And say lay off serenity, and then they come to the duel platform in five minutes if you want an ass kicking. Yeah, and then yeah. they have uh, they have a dick measuring contest. Uh, yeah, yeah, the line that Honda says for us is like, "Oh, uh, Otogi, you're too touchy feely with Shizuka." Uh, and Otogi yeah. is like, "What? Like, are you her fucking boyfriend?" And then this results in them having a full on fist fight. It's some real CW teen drama horseshit. God. And it Secret ends life and tire bitch Yu-Gi-Oh's here. <laughs> and it ends with them both dying. 
That yeah. would have been the optimal situation because you know the fight ends up with uh, uh, Honda. You know they fucking fall off the side of the blimp. Honda is hanging on to the edge with uh, Otogi hanging on to him, and you know his grip's weakening. He's about to fall to his fucking death, four thousand feet below. Um, but unfortunately, they uh, get saved by a mysterious robed figure in a turban whom we have seen before. Uh, hey, Shadi's here. Yeah. Well, hello. Uh, Shadi had to make the ultimate sacrifice by allowing them to live. Yeah, yeah. That's the real price he paid for his spiritual powers. Which we see whenever he he hauls them up onto the blimp, and then Mm -hmm. they're like, oh man, thanks for saving... And then he's fucking gone, which happens about 50 times during this episode. Yeah. Um, Can I tell you guys that as a child, when I watched this... uh, I watched is like on tv every saturday morning and then when i went back as an adult to watch them again i remembered duke and tristan being like dangling off a blimp for like several episodes i thought it was like i for, i i i remembered it as like being their entire side plot like through battle city maybe, <laughs> which i think it was like a commercial cut better yeah i don't know I mean, like, I don't remember this episode having existed at all because all the, like, Pegasus stuff that happens later in the episode, I don't think I'd ever seen it. I think I might have accidentally skipped this episode when I was watching it for the first time because I swear to God, I had never seen any of this. Hmm. Yeah, this was all kind of a blur. Yeah. 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 I just didn't, for some reason, like, Kids WB just wasn't accessible to me around the time of Battle Study. I don't know what happened to my local network. It was just like, they just stopped having the WB. I assume they, I don't know what ha- what, was, what the deal with that in New England was. Maybe they just didn't really, they didn't want you to see the heteronormativity displayed by uh, Duke and Honda here. Hmm. They were protecting you. Yeah, they, you're, they were, you know, this soldier holding arms out against you in your sleeping bed saying heteronormativity. Um, uh, thank you. Thank you, TV. So, Today when we Shadi shows up again, he is in Yugi's place, or Yugi's room, and he begins to, like, exposit a bunch of plot about how all seven items are now on board the the blimp. And Pegasus... Yeah, they got them all. Yeah. Uh... And he talks about this whole thing about how Pegasus was nearly destroyed by the god cards. And we get, like, this extended original flashback to Pegasus in Egypt. I gotta say, I just fucking loved seeing and hearing Pegasus again. Oh, big same. God, that's the mood of the century. And just like, oh my god, like his voice actor is like so fucking good, and like the way he says little things in English is, and I love this man. And I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking about the like red velvet white piped jacket that is sitting in my studio right now, and I'm so fucking excited to. I can't believe you're not podcasting in it. Oh, I'm not podcasting it because it's really wrinkled and I need to iron it. Anyway, um, yeah, like Shadi, Shadi's telling this story kind of to make a point by how only, or at least in the sub he is, uh, the only like the chosen few people who only people who wield Millennium items basically can wield the God cards, uh, and if someone who is not like chosen by the God card tries to wield it, it'll incur God's wrath, whatever that means. Yeah. Oh, um, that's that's neat. I don't 
even though I just watched these episodes, I didn't remember that. But now that makes more sense for what I might happen in a in the next part of yeah. Like it it seeds the kind of fucking four part rule. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know if it's like explicitly stated, but it is like there are a few lines here and there that do hint that like people like Pegasus and Shoddy are okay with it because they've got Millennium items, but. Yeah. So, like, Pegasus goes, go, Pegasus, Shadi, and some archaeologists travel to a tomb that leads into an underground city, and in order to, like, protect themselves from, like, the guardians there that would try to stop them, Shadi does this thing with one of his, with his Millennium Key that turns them invisible, and... Yeah, what I, happens in the sub? Exactly the same thing, um, oh. like... Although I do want to just kind of briefly mention that, you know, Pegasus is uh, there in Egypt. Like, yeah. he really wants, he's like heard about these god cards and he's like digging up the whole fucking Valley of the Kings in order to find them. Um, and then like Shadi just kind of shows up as Shadi is wanted to do mm-hmm. and is like, oh, hey dude, like, uh, so if you want to see the god cards, like, uh, I can I can show them to you, no problem. And at this, Pegasus does like a full fucking Joseph Joester, oh my god! And it's really good to hear. Yeah, he like knocks over a bunch of shit in the tent and it, it's, it's fun. I yeah. love him. He's like, really? Please, please! And again, in English, it's so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he also makes them. Oh yeah, whenever Shadi makes them invisible, uh, Pegasus like waves his hand in front of the face of one of the guardians, and he's like, "Oh, unbelievable!" It's oh, I just I love I, I just to love it. to see and hear Pegasus. I'm really glad he speaks English to show that he's American. He says Jesus in this episode. Oh, fuck yeah. It's so good. Uh, I do uh, want to point out that if, like, Shadi's using the key to turn them invisible, I think that's how he keeps mysteriously disappearing. He just he just uses the key, goes invisible, and hoofs it over to wherever he has to exposit plot next. That's so much funnier than, like, oh, he's astral projecting and isn't really there. Like, just being invisible and running away. And running, so yeah. Funny. Like, he's... Like, if he pulled up that robe, his calves would be, like, <laughs> like just completely ripped. His robe is there to protect himself from the beautiful vision of his powerful legs. He's got oh, his agility way. stat maxed out. Um, okay, so we find, we find the god cards. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the big, the big tablet. This is when he says, Jesus, sir, at, at seeing the big tablet with the god cards. Um, yeah, and then in the dub, it specifically, um, it states that the show takes place in America. <laughs> in the dub. I, I honestly don't know. I, I don't think it, it's as explicit regardless in the dub, because, like, Pegasus is American, but he's American, he's American yeah. in both versions, so. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, it says the exact same thing. Like, it just cuts to him on a plane, and they're like, he's yeah. going back to America, because he oh, is an okay, American so man. Not. Because, you know, his actions, and you know, his whole thing where he, like, the way he uh, invented Geo Monsters by just, like, stealing it from, like, Egyptian mythology is kind of, like, the whitest, most colonial thing I've ever seen in my life. So, you know, yeah, classic yeah. American. He couldn't really be anything else apart from English or French. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh. French. <laughs> or yeah. anything, really. He's white. He's white. Is yeah, the thing. he's white. Is the thing. Um, okay, 
they, I do want to point out that, like, in this, like, god card chamber where he finds, like, the tapestries of, uh, of Obelix the Tormentor, Ra, the, or the Winged Dragon of Ra, and Slifer the Sky Dragon, like, this is, like, the, this, like, this whole, like, carving on the wall is actually the tablet from, from earlier on in the series. Yeah, the one that ended up in the Domino City Museum. Yeah. Um, so, now in the sub, Sarah, I'm gonna assume you're about to tell us that everybody dies. Yeah, so we cut to, I don't, do you, okay, we cut to Pegasus's office, um, in like a big skyscraper somewhere, and not, like, it's not on his island, it's in a skyscraper in a city, uh, yeah. and Croquet's come in and is like, hey, um, so, uh, people have been dying mysteriously in circumstances connected to the god cards, um, so we see stuff like, uh, do you guys have anything like this? Uh, uh has been telling us that people are disappearing and we get some like really like chopped and screwed little yeah. snippets of his crew disappearing, which I assume okay. was a little more graphic on your end. Um, yeah, no. So like, you know, first of all, there's like a photographer in a dark room developing the photos because they took loads of photos of the, of the uh, relief with the god cards on it so that Pegasus could go and reference them in his paintings. Um, so yeah, there's a photographer d- developing a photo of Obelisk and like he hangs it up and kind of looks at it and stares at it and kind of gets completely transfixed by this photograph of the carving of Obelisk. Um, at which point like the man, the myth, the legend, Obelisk the Tormentor himself like manifests in the darkroom and literally throws this guy out a ten story up window. Holy uh, fuck! And he dies. Whips. <laughs> um, then we cut to this, like, the filmmaker, because earlier on, and I noted it earlier on, that there was, like, a guy with a video camera behind Pegasus whenever he was going into the temple. Um, so we cut to him, and he's, like, watching back the footage on, like, an old monitor. Um, and we got to see Pegasus say, Jesus, again. It was really good uh, in the footage. And, like, you know, he's kind of looking at the footage and he pauses it and, like, zooms in on, like, this ancient symbol. And then there's, like, a flash of uh, lightning. And outside the window, you just see fucking Slifer. Uh, and it's really sick. And then it zooms out to the whole skyscraper. And Slifer is just wrapped around the entire thing, like fucking King Kong, but a big snake. Um, and the guy, like, sees this and then just screams and goes completely mad in fear. And it's really sick. I'm oh, glad we, to we say that it. one oh, yeah. still happens. Oh yeah, yeah, because that was a less, um, a little less explicit death. Yeah, he didn't quite die. He just kind of died from going mad. He broke. And you know, we go back to Pegasus's office, and he's doing that sort of classic mad CEO thing of like, I don't care how many people have to die. We will make this product, um, which I guess is just capitalism. I guess the god cards are integral to the game balance. You see. Yeah, uh, sure. Like, okay, they sure. specifically say he needs it for the game. I'm going to finish eating my omelette while you guys tell me about the dream that Pegasus had. Oh, okay. Well, first, I just want to say how much I love to see Pegasus in his, like, painting studio. And, oh, like, yeah. He's just in, like, his shirt and braces or suspenders for you guys. Mm. And all his paints are around. He's just, like, painting. I, I don't know. I like to see it a lot. He does say, like... Well, look at me. I'm not getting getting fucked up by weird gods. And then he, like, falls asleep on the chair. I like how he, like, just finishes the painting. It's like, ah, and then has a nap. <laughs> Spig mood. Uh, I've definitely done that, actually. Um, so, yeah, he has a weird fucking dream. There's, like, a zoom in on the Millennium Eye, and it kind of flashes. And then we cut to... 
yeah, so he's kind of hovering in the air above these pyramids with fire and smoke and hell flame billowing around him. Uh, Shadi's there. Shadi says something along the lines of, like, mate, this isn't a game. Like, you can't fuck around with these god cards. Like, they're too powerful. Um, you die in the game, you die in real life. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. There's a sort of implication that maybe he, like, misunderstood a prophecy and thought Pegasus was supposed to have the cards. And that's why yeah. he, like, helped him get them in the first place. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Shadi was just like, oh, yeah, my prophecy was, um, wrong. <laughs> and I'm fucked up, okay. dude. Yeah, maybe it was like, and someone who wields the Millennium Item will have, will control the god cards, and it never said who or what items, and he figured, well, this guy has the items, and he's the only guy I know with items, so... Pegasus out there, like, doing the math, like, no, there's, there's three god cards, but there's seven millennium items, so that means I've got four people to eliminate. Let's get cracking. <laughs> um, so yeah, Pegasus, uh, Shadi is like, mate, you can't wield the god cards, and Pegasus is like, uh, no, yeah, I can, like, I'll sell my soul to the devil if I have to, like, I'm gonna wield these god cards. And then, I don't know, does Shadi kind of is just like, alright, mate, and just leaves? He says that, he, oh, no, I remember, I, because he says, return the slab or suffer my curse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the only hope is to return the gods to their resting place. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And Pegasus is just like, nope. Um, but then the dream continues and the god cards kind of like appear and they're you know, obviously very big, very impressive, lots of uh, animation budget spent here. Uh, and they end up doing this really powerful attack on Pegasus who kind of just dies in the dream. Hmm. Um, and he kind of wakes up and he's like, oh, fuck. They're really powerful. Shit. So, like, he heads back to uh, Egypt with the cards, and, like, he sees a Shizu, and they it says they, they sealed the cards away together. I don't know why, but I really like they, like, he, like, meets her in a hotel room and just hands them over. I don't know why it's yeah. really funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> that is very think... funny. It's like a drug deal. Yeah, it does. It looks... Inf- I think it's because there's a wee shot of him, like, um kind of peeking through the blinds like sneakily uh waiting out for shizu who then appears behind him and is like give me the goods uh i think we're i think we're done in flashback town yeah i think that ends the flashback and yami comes out and like when yami comes out shadi like goes down on one knee to like and shows like a clear subservience to, to yami yeah it's pretty neat and he's just like hey please win this and get back your memories um and then Yami's like, yeah, sure, but Shadi obviously has already mysteriously disappeared at this point. The final thing in the episode is that, like, there's outside in the corridor and uh, Honda and Duke are, like, weirdly draped are gone. each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're gone. They're not there. Uh, nothing happens in the corridor. Uh, Shizuka and Joey are there listening to absolutely no one tell them the story about how they got saved by a mysterious figure who then disappeared. Um, and then the cutest moment in the episode happens, which I love to see. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Serenity, Surrendery, Surrendery. Surrendery? <laughs> Serenity wonders if there was like some kind of ghost and Joey gets all scared because as we've established he's very scared of ghosts. And he goes, no, ghosts don't exist and then Yami comes up and puts a hand on his shoulder and he jumps and it's the best. 
Yeah. I think my favorite thing about it is that um, before Shizuka says the line about like oh ghost, she just kind of like looks over slyly at Joey and is like, mm, I guess there was a ghost. <laughs> just like clearly <laughs> teasing her brother. Um, oh, I love it. She's the best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we also have like a brief cut of Ishizu in her room, like thinking about Malik or something, and then Shadi just appears in the armchair in front of her. Mm-hmm. Doesn't say anything. She says something to him, and then he just disappears again. Um, and he does the same thing to Anzu, who's like kind of standing above Bakura with the Millennium Ring in her hand and a blank expression. And again, like Shadi just appears, looks at the situation, and then fucks off again. Yeah. Uh, like Shadi, I guess. Shadi, Shadi is the epitome of that one Sailor Moon thing. Yeah. Like, My job here is done, but you didn't do anything. You did nothing. <laughs> Shadi confirmed for Tuxedo Mask. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that ends the episode. There is like a quick like bit of voiceover during the last scene from Merrick about how now he's controlling... Now he's controlling Taya occasionally and making sure she holds on to the we, Millennium really? Ring for him. Yeah. Damn, we ain't got that. Uh, mm. Yeah, should yeah. we do uh, Queens of Games? So, Elliot... Um, I write in thinking you've got some Otome games to tell us about. Do I? Oh, um, fuck yeah. So, uh, my my true love is dating sim games. I love them. They're terrible. And uh, have a lot of microtransactions, which I don't usually allow myself uh, to play games like that because... Uh, I feel like I've been very open about my uh, what professionals may call an addictive personality, so I try uh-huh. not to play a lot of games that have um, any kind of like a gambling aspect or like ninety nine cents at a time purchases because I will ruin my own life. Yeah, uh, as I did with the Arcana uh, over the past forty eight hours. Uh, mm. The thing about it is, you you don't even have to pay money to get money to get like little extra scenes of them, of the people you're romancing saying nice things to you or kissing you. And I mean, it is simply it's the lowest form of entertainment. And I spent in the high double digits getting the getting Julian's extra scenes. Oh Oh my god. Uh, yeah, you know, anyway, uh, if you, uh, if you have a gambling addiction, I urge you to seek help, and also, uh, the Arcana rules. Mm. 10 out of 10. Mm. What have you guys been playing? So, earlier this week I got a copy of Tony Hawk's Underground for the PS2. And nice. I've been, I've been oh, playing a bunch hell of that. Yeah. It's, it's a very good game. You are a... You are a teen skateboarder trying to become a professional, and you've got your annoying friend Eric Sparrow with you, and you do cool skate tricks. You travel across the United States. Uh, More like the United Skits, am I right, skitters? Oh, fuck yeah. So, exclusive. 
I'm in the third area, which is Tampa, Florida. and That's where I was born. Oh, uh, nice. The famous city known for the you know I had to do it to him guy. Oh, yeah, he is Shut there. up. And... Lucky, Lucky Luciano was, is in my, lives in my hometown? Yeah, that picture was taken in Tampa. That's like mm-hmm. the only thing I know about Tampa. I think Brooks lives there, too. Yeah, Brooks lives in Tampa. Lives there. But mainly that Lucky Luciano was... Yeah, no, that's our celebrity. Famously photographed at a certain location there. Hmm. Sadly, okay, tell, I us about, didn't... tell us about the skating. So you do yeah. the skateboard tricks. You you like learn. You like do little favors, which involve doing other skateboard tricks. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, the favors are skateboard related. Yeah, it's really fun. Uh, you get. To, you get like little side missions where you meet up with legendary skaters who are real people and they teach you their own special tricks, some of which are physically impossible. Uh, <laughs> that's how you know and, that's how you know it's the good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh it's it's a really good game. I really enjoy it. Uh it took a bit of like getting used to. I need I need to go to like get a feel for it, but I Got a feel for it, and I love it a lot. Hmm. Well, you pull pulling mad flips and tricks. yeah, sick. I have a. Of... I still have my PS2. I should, I should check it out. Yeah. Uh, want to roll a Pokemon? Oh, I cool. I have. Oh, this is this girl is my bitch. This She's is number so many times. This is number three hundred and fifteen, Roselia. Oh, she little. She's only. 0.3 meters tall, which is 30 centimeters, which is like a foot tall. Um, anyway, uh, description says, on extremely rare occasions, the Roselia is said to appear with its flowers in unusual colors. The thorns on this Pokemon's head contain a vicious poison. Um, now, the only Pokemon game I've ever played is Pokemon, Pokemon Emerald, and I only got like halfway through it because I have like the attention span of like fucking nothing. Um, so I just kind of forgot about it in the end, which is a kind of sad ending. But before that happened to me, I did get slaughtered by several Roselias many times, and I have nothing but respect for my Roselia. Um, so all in all, I love her. You know, she's got those little flowers like cheerleader pom poms. All in all, she's just like a perfect queen bitch. And I, I, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to give her a five because it takes a. Lot. There's only one Pokemon that I would give a five to. And um, so yeah, we're gonna go with like a four point five. Roselia, good. Um, and I love cool. the little dance she does in this gif. Yeah. Um, she's just very powerful, and I respect her. Segment over. Yeah, that that about wraps up Queens of Games. Let's uh, move on to the next episodes. All right, uh, episode eighty six, Janochi versus Teraptic. We oh. got uh, episode. I didn't write down the number. Awakening of Evil Part One. At the start of this episode, the thing that opens it is Mokuba saying, "Ultimate Bingo Machine, Stato." It's so good. That's cute. So it's Joe. So it's Joey and Odeon pretending to be Merrick. Yeah. yeah, like at the kind of prospect of fighting <clears throat> Malik, Joey just gets so mad. Um, when he, we go up to like the jail platform, and he's literally like growling while shuffling his cards aggressively and just like getting all in like Rashid's face. Um, he really wants revenge for like being possessed or 
in a couple episodes ago. Um, Honda says something like, oh, wow, um, I haven't seen him glare like that in a while. Like, oh, he never loses when he's like that. Although I am talking about fistfights in this case. Let's see. Oh, yeah. So this is Serenity's first time watching Joey Duel. Yeah. So this it's, is going to be all a, up to this. one for my girl Serenity. Uh, there is, there's a quick line about like, uh, Odeon pulling out the rod and it doesn't seem to do anything. <gasps> and Yugi thinks that Joey's <laughs> mind is too strong to be controlled, but it's actually, it's just a fake rod and Merrick has the real rod hidden behind his back. Holding, just holding his rod. Kaiba's like thinking to himself Oh about, yeah, the, the announcer, sorry, the announcer tells Joey he's shuffled enough. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, he has to like go over and be like, right, stop. We have to game. We can't just shuffle menacingly for the whole time. Yeah, Kaiba wants to see how the Winged Dragon for all works. There's a quick line about how like Joey actually doesn't have his red eyes on him. He's still yeah. get it's still with Yugi. Joey says that he's gonna win in nine turns. Which is a bullshit. This never statement. comes up again. He says it eleven. This will never come up again. And it's just oh. Everyone is like, he's just randomly saying shit. This doesn't mean anything. And Serenity is like, wow, it's so cool that he's got the whole duel figured out already. God <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the duel starts. Um, Rashid, or <clears throat> Marek, plays a big temple. I don't actually know what the temple does. It just kind of looks cool. Yeah. None of us do. It's not for, it's, we will never know. Yeah. Uh, it's apparently useful for, like, lets you, like, summon a, a big thing without doing tributes or something. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I he... hate the mechanics of... <laughs> never, never say to me the words card game. Uh, there's a limit on how many magic and trap cards can be set, and he sets some cards face down. Uh, he talks about how something mysterious and powerful is hiding in the temple, and there's a line about, uh... And, like, Joey has, like, the giant Trinade, and he's, like, strategizing for a bit on how to do this duel. And then he summons Tiny Guardian. Uh, yeah, basically, like, the whole thing is that, like, Marek just has a fuckload of traps face down and no monsters. And Joey is like, yeah, well, how are you going to defend yourself? I can win this easily, but, like... But actually, then you look ahead and you're like, oh, it's a four-part duel, which <laughs> Sarah and I did realize until we got to the end of episode two I, and we were like i thought it was what? a two-part duel and i was like wait what the hap is fucking why isn't it over i know i looked and there was only two minutes left and i was like how is joey gonna beat raw in two minutes yeah he doesn't joey summons more cards and then he uses the giant trunade which should destroy all the spell and trap cards but it just stops because it somehow triggered another trap which is called Judgment of Anubis, and it destroys all the monsters and puts ha takes away half their attack points and takes them from Joey's life points, so he's down to, like, I don't know, 200 points. I think that and happens a little bit later. I think at the moment he's just at half. Yeah, he's at, like, uh, 1900 or something points. like that. Oh, right, right he's now. at 1900, that's right. And I was, yeah. I, you know what, this was the first time that I was, like... I was watching the duel and I was like, huh, that's a good strategy, Joey. Mm, and then yeah. I was like, maybe, maybe this game isn't 100% just based on, like, luck and bullshit. 
Yeah, uh, the the like Joey is like kind of like uh, slightly just fucked over here, a, yeah. lot, a lot fucked over here. And the line that Yugi says is like, "Oh, trap cards can turn the battle in an instant, and it deals emotional damage." <laughs> like, <laughs> thanks, Yugi. Thank you, um, Yugi. I love you. Uh, is my... this? I think this is where we get the amazing deal whip line. Yeah, right. So first, my insults merits so insults like. Odeon's hairdo and calls it a hair don't. And then Joey says, <clears throat> Now I'll kick you my game up a notch and open a big tub of dual whip all over you. That's disgusting. <laughs> Just popping open a big tub of dual whip with the boys. Oh. With the lads. Oh. Yuck. Oh, I don't want to think about Joey's dual whip. Elliot, I hadn't even made the connection. Well, yeah, that's because you're you and I'm me. Anyway, thank you for the wonderful impression. I'm sorry that... It's it's okay. I'm, I'm sorry. So, let's see. I think there's a bit where they're just not doing anything and, like, drawing more cards. And I, yeah, I like... It. Joey can only read things completely literally. He goes, the game's called Dual Monsters, so you have to use monsters. Yeah, Mukaba says, like, yeah. oh, ha, ha, like, no one will be able to win if they don't keep attacking. But Kaiba is like, no, you're wrong. This is his strategy to, like, just make Joey mad. Which, yeah, he work. gets really mad because nothing's happening and no one's attacking. Uh, yeah, so Joey, so Joey goes to attack, which everybody is, like, screaming at him. No, this is a bad idea. And, but it's too, it's say, too late. Joey's fucking pissed. I will say I have literally done this in Magic the Gathering whenever like my opponent's like, mm, I pass, and I'm like, mm, I pass, and then mm, I pass, and then I'm like, fuck this, I'm getting really bored, I'm attacking you anyway, fuck whatever. Right, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll attack in, situ- like, in a game like that, I'll attack in a situation where I know it's not a good idea, just because I'm like, I'm well, just like, I just want something to happen, I'm, we can't live like this. Right, like I'm playing a game, I don't want to just like sit here. Yeah. But I mean, also, I've never played a game where the fate of the world was at stake, so maybe Joey could fucking cool his jets a little bit. Yeah. So, next, uh, Um, there's... He uses Rocket Warrior, does that special attack, and and, uh, uh, Odeon uses the Eye of Ujot, which lets him control uh, Rocket Warrior and redirect the attack to Joey. So, Joey uses Fairy Box, which... Throws his alligator yeah. sword in a big whack-a-mole box. Um, Rashida's talking about, like, hey, so, you know, I've only got trap cards, but what if there was a trap card that was also a monster card? Uh, and everyone watching is like, nani the fuck? Yeah, Mai was like, I've never heard of that kind of card. I don't even know quite exactly what he does to summon this monster card, but ends up summoning three of them? I guess he can summon it, summon it the way you can summon a summon a trap card by, like, by, like, in response to something else being used, but anyways, it's the oh, embodiment... Yeah. It's the embodiment of a popus, and it summons three of them, and and they they look like these... They, they're like Nagas, but they also have... They have a snake head and a human head. Just one's That's over the so other. so wild. Like, Takahashi, your mind... I think it would have been a funnier name if it was uh, if it was called Up Pope. It would up, be funny. If what it was, it was what called if it was Up Pope Funk? Um, <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty much the end of the episode. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. so let's the move next on one to... is called Inherited Card, Jinzo's Counterattack. Awakening um, of Evil, Part 2. Yeah, so just the episode opens, everyone's like worried about Joey. Uh, I've just written down dueling, and Joey gets beat down to 200 life points. Yeah. That feels about right. He like tries to use scapegoats, but but it gets cancelled, and then the three apopuses uh, uh, destroy the rocket warrior, they destroy alligator yeah. sword, and do a direct attack, getting Joey to 200. Uh, yeah. Kaiba's really pissed because he's worried it's going to end soon and he really wants to see the Egyptian god card. Okay, so that's what he says in the dub because for us, the line he says is, he's not even a lab rat, he's a lab fly. Um, oh, fuck, that's a, that's a good line. That's Which, um, way better. I like I, I didn't write it down, but like throughout the few episodes, uh, people were kept comparing Joey to a mouse, like facing off against... Oh. Um, <clears throat> Malik. The the thing that I forgot to write down, I wanted to keep track of all the times um, Joey and Mai sometimes makes uh, fun of Odeon for being bald, but I lo- I literally lost count. Yeah, I literally a lot of lines. Count. There's Fuck a lot of damn. lines. Odeon and, looks and, fucking sick. Like he's got the eyeliner. He's got those little brow tufts. He's got the sick hieroglyphic facial tattoos. He's got like his all the hair pulled back into like a wait, ponytail. Wait, wait. I forgot my favorite it, line. He looks fucking sick. Um, my favorite line in the episode was my calling uh, Odeon's hairdo a hair don't. They really do hate that Odeon is bald a lot. Except he does have hair, it's just different. There's nothing wrong with being bald. Also, jo- also Joey calls Odeon Mr. No, he calls, sorry, uh, Joey calls Odeon Mr. Personality. That is good. Uh, so... Oh yeah, so Joey's kind of at uh, 200 life points and is, you know, feeling feeling a little bit shit about himself. So the kind of, uh, you know, speech of the episode uh, we get is from Mai here. Uh, you know, and she talks about how, you know, he's gotten this far, he's beaten... Weevil and Esperoba and uh, Mako Tsunami and stuff uh, reminds him of that. Says some other nice things. Yeah. Uh, she also kind of chimes in with a few well-placed Onyi-chans. Um, mm. You know, sad violin music is playing in the background, and it's all very, it's all very Yu-Gi-Oh, all in all, really. Yeah, that feel that's that's pretty much what happened on our end too. What happens next is like. Uh, Serenity tells, like, Joey about her face in him, and, like, Odeon thinks about, like, someone who cared about him a long time ago. And we, we get, get a okay, flashback. Okay, 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 okay. We get a flashback yeah. of, like, a baby being abandoned in the temple, and the baby is white! Well, pure as the dragon I didn't smell. notice yeah. that. I didn't yeah. notice that. Why is and also in the dub, also in the dub, the lady, the lady says, an abandoned baby? In these parts? Just like you know, I would have expected this downtown, but not here. That not that last part, but yeah, Odeon gets adopted by Torio. Let's and- see. Okay, so they so they get the pep talk from the gals, and Odeon was abandoned as a white baby. Um, <laughs> uh, goes back what? to the present, I uh, think. And Joey summons all his Joey summons all the monsters from like all the important duels from the season. Yeah, Yami shows up to. To also encourage Joey, oh, and he says, right. "Save the world, and the power is in your hands." 
Oh, the thing he says for us is like he says the thing again of like what can be seen which remains unseen um which i actually um realized that this um the what can be seen but remains unseen is actually sort of means what can you see but like not show um and it actually the first time we heard it was in the very we in the very fucking first episode of season zero whenever um Joey comes up and is like, you have my, like, I have something for you. You can't see it, but it's my friendship. And actually what he says is like, you you can't see it, but I can show it. And this is, it just, this is kind of like the line that comes up again and again and again. That's cute. Um, which I never realized Aww. before. Uh, in our, ours is worse because Yugi just says, Yugi turns to Yami and goes, hey, let's remind Joey of the stakes. And then he switches into Yami and Yami's like, hey, remember we gotta save the world. Yeah, uh, Let's see, two more cards face down. Uh, Swordsman of Landstar. Merrick starts, like, insulting Odeon telepathically. Joey summons Jinzo. And Jinzo can destroy trap cards. And the Apopuses are are trap cards, so they get destroyed. Yeah, like, Jinzo is, like, the one card that is going to completely fuck up this deck. Uh, And basically, after those are gone, Joey can attack him directly. And basically gets (coughs) Merrick down from 4,000 to 400 life points in a single yeah. turn, which, like, damn, son. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing it. Uh, Joey does call uh, Odeon a potato head. Uh, yes. Odeon uses Swords of Revealing Life, and now Joey can't attack for three turns, but Jinjo's effect is still in place. So instead of, like, doing that, he does more tributes, and he summons Legendary Fisherman. We get a good drama shot of Mako... Yeah. Uh, I do love to see him. Yeah. And then, like, Odeon's really shocked because, like, he finds out he has an extremely powerful card. And Merrick straight up uses his rod to, like, command Odeon to use it. Yeah, yeah. He basically, like... You know, Odeon draws the card and is really shook. Like, oh, the holy fuck, I didn't put this in my deck. How the fuck did this get here? Like, wonder what, what it is. What do you think happened, Odeon? <laughs> um, and, like, Marek DMs him to be like, babe, I slipped you something special in your deck for our special day. Enjoy it. Wink face. <laughs> Wink smiley face. Aubergine emoji. Wait, I'm sorry. I have to go back for a second because I made a note that I completely forgot about from when Joey was like needing encouragement after he got knocked down on his knees. Mm-hmm. Yugi, in in the dub, there's a line, and Yugi says, "Get up, pal." And there's this weird, like, second hesitation before he says pal, like he was just automatically about to say, like, come on, babe, get up. <laughs> get up, babe. Come on, honey, you can do it. It was it was very, I I, I liked it. It was oh, good. Sorry, it. let's go back. I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows that um, they love each other. So I know, like... how, how does this end? This uh, episode kind of... Yeah, it ends with... Yeah, let's end this duel. Let's end this. So, uh... uh Odeon puts, like, the special new card inside the Ark of the Temple. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's like, oh, wonder what this is. Yeah. Joey manages to summon Titty Monster Insect Queen, uh, yep. which now means, uh, which is pretty neat, he has all three of the cards that he won in Battle City from uh, Esperoba, 
Michael Tsunami and uh, Jinzo. Uh, um, he's just like, I'll fucking write. As soon as Swords of Revealing Light is gone, you're fucked, Odeon. Or Malik. Um, but uh, what Odeon has done is uh, he's drawn another card, which means he's like completed the ritual that he needs in order to summon this uh, special monster, uh, which is called Mythical Beast of Serket, for, for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Again, they get? didn't explain what he needed to do to summon it because then they would have to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, I've got these three cards and now I have a big weird scorpion monster. Let's not go into that anymore. Which I've honestly yeah. grateful for. This will never come up. It's hard to explain. It just works. Fucking, again, like Takahashi, your mind. This is just like a weird looking scorpion thing with a toothed sphincter for a mouth. Uh, and everyone Ooh. is like... <gasps> Uh, Odeon explains that the mythical beast of Circuit is the guardian of a sacred card in the temple at which point the kind of penny drops for everyone and they're like oh shit that's fucking he's got Ra and we're all fucked and that's kind of it yeah and that's a big old to be continued to be continued I genuinely was expecting the deal to end this episode and I was like there's they're only on there's uh, they're only on 200 life points like how's this gonna go on for another two episodes I still genuinely don't know I can't remember what happens no I I Um, can't remember either so I'm excited actually so I'm gonna do a two-for-one special so first let's start with beyond toon world you're going to love this trust me beyond toon Uh, so, for Beyond Toon World, I tried to look up, uh, Odeon's, uh, Japanese voice actor, whose name is Konta, uh, actual name, Atsui Kondo, uh, Nito? he's from Shinjuku, uh, Tokyo, uh, he was born on July 25th, 1960, and it looks like there are only three other roles he's ever been in. It looks like he has, like, a history of being a j-pop and rock musician but i can't find any of his music anywhere oh my god that is so fun it's Uh, weird because like his the voice he has in the sub is like it's really kind of iconic like it's a very unique voice that compared to the other ones it's it's maybe it does sound like he has cigarette i've been singing for years and years voice which i guess could explain if he was a j-pop star and what's the second part of your segment uh, so... Oh, wait, wait, sorry. Since it's... Wait, sorry. Since it's such a short Toon World... Yeah, I don't want to chomp... I don't want to chomp Toon World's flavor, but, um... Go ahead. What? So, I decided... I was like... I made the mistake, first of all, is what you need to know. Mm-hmm. How to start this story. I thought, hmm... What are the odds that... Uh, four kids shoddy is voiced by a non-white person. Oh, absolutely. What do you guys think? voiced by a white man named J. David Brimmer. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. I've got... I don't know what I've got pulled up. Uh, there's two others. One is... Oh, maybe they switched him to a different white guy for some other... for some franchises, because I've got a white guy named Wayne Grayson. Oh, huh. They they don't list that there on. I know I've listed Wayne Grayson before, but uh, oh, we've also yeah, got. Yeah, it looks like he voices a bunch of people. Yeah. Like... Yeah. Okay. Anyway, the other go. four kids regular I see here is Ted Lewis, known for voicing DDD. 
and uh, Bakura. But anyways, uh, that's yeah. all. That's all I had for Beyond Moon World. I just wanted everybody to know. That yeah. To, I mean, you all knew. You all knew in your hearts, but I just wanted you to yeah. know for real. Yeah. So next, uh, oh, just to like notice three other roles there: Wander Over Yonder as Emperor Awesome, Transformers Robots in Disguise as Skybite, and Read or Die as Ikyu. I might be mispronouncing that. Yeah. All right. With that out of the way, I'm going to refer to the handbook. Today, from the handbook, we're reading up on Shadi. Shadi is a mysterious observer who rarely appears before Yugian pals. But when he does, they know something important is about to happen. His Millennium Key allows him to unlock and enter other people's minds. And Shadi doesn't have cards. But he does have the Millennium Key and the Millennium Scale. At that point, the, even the book just kind of mentions that whenever Shadi is there, it's just, it's time for lore. <laughs> I, it didn't even register to me that he didn't have cards, actually. Like, for some reason, that's like, wow, Shadi doesn't even game. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even game. Shadi, do you game? Um, yeah, so we have, uh, we have a few questions. Oh yeah. Um, on the Tumblr, uh, first one is from Jake, which who says, "If the bad guys win by getting all three Egyptian god cards, why does Yugi not just throw Slifer in a shredder?" I think that the card is so powerful it literally cannot be destroyed. That feels like a good theory. Yeah, like it would just it would just fuck up the shredder. Like you'd throw it in the shredder, and then Slifer would appear and eat the shredder. Killing the shreddy in the process. Whoever tries to shred Slifer will be themselves shredded. Yeah. In the subversion, of course. Uh, yeah, we just uh, yeah we would get it like a scream and a fade to black. <laughs> uh, we have another anonymous question. It just says, "Why is Shadi?" I don't know if this was someone who hmm. accidentally pressed enter in the middle of typing a question, or if just "Why is Shadi?" is itself a valid question because really, it, why it is, is Shadi? Why is Shadi? Every time he comes I up, know. I do I do wonder why is Shadi. He, I mean Shadi, I don't makes an appearance. Mind, in, he makes appearances in places you wouldn't expect. Yeah, yeah. Um, Scudalus says, uh, "So how well do you think Odeon plays the villain here?" And uh, I think he does a good job. Uh, he he does about as well as he can. He has to improvise a bit, like suddenly getting an Egyptian god card that he didn't know he had, but, <laughs> Surprise, but I'd, I'd give him an 8 out of 10. He is honestly, he's better at playing a villain than Merrick is at playing a good guy. Then yes. Merrick is at playing, a no- at playing normal human man who is not, <laughs> come to the colossal pillar of wasp eggs, do not bring weapons. <laughs> Um, I don't think I actually mentioned it when we were actually talking about the episodes, but um, there is a wee bit whenever, um, you know, uh, Joey is doing doing his really well and Joey gets him down to 400 life points uh, and Odeon is just like, oh, wow, like, uh, Joey, you're actually a really good duelist and I acknowledge you and respect this. And then we cut to Yami, who's like, wait a second, this doesn't, is this really the same Mark that I dueled earlier on? He seems so respectful now. So I kind of feel like halfway through the duel, he just kind of switches gears from pretending to be evil and then just starts dueling seriously and being a decent human being and kind of like 
you know, that's when shit goes tits up and we can get through to the next few episodes, but we get a little bit yeah. of that. So actually, but it, I just, I just, so I'd, I'd only give him like a 5 out of 10 at playing the villain because he kind of just stops doing it halfway through. Yeah. We've got a question here from continuity Tumblr user Continuity Officer. Yo, yo, it's Nora here. Your each test was an exposition episode. What's the thing you're doing in the background while you do? I mean, obviously, um, you know, what I think I'm doing specifically is tailoring all of Pegasus's identical suits. That is very good. Because you know I just got a cupboard full of red, red velvet motherfuckers. I'm, uh... Oh, you go, Dan. Yeah, I'm probably going to be, like, cooking something in, like, a very ominous fashion. Uh... <laughs> I don't like that! You're just, I'm like, just... You say an ominous line and then you flip another burger in slow motion. Yeah. Or I, like, chop... Or I, like, chop a slice of celery or something, and it's extremely loud and dramatic. Or... <laughs> I think I am... I. I think if one of the Yu-Gi-Oh characters is like like giving me the exposition, um I am their hairdresser giving them a haircut <laughs> while they're while they're explaining the lore to me. I just I need to get at Bakura's fucking depression hair, all right? Like God. I know he's not showering. I know the spirit is not making him shower, all right? I know and understand the depression hair, all right? I want to cut it for him. Yeah, just like snip and another lock of hair falls to the floor in slow motion while you say the dramatic thing. Yes. Okay. I know. We have a third question. We have a last question for Max, but I want to save this one for when there's an episode that Max is on and we can shame him for sending this one in. Okay. I I uh, I highly agree with this pro- prospect. A little part of the kimono, I don't go on the Tumblr or the Twitter, so I don't know any of these questions, so I'm, like, scared and excited. I'm going to this DM is what you says. this right now. I've oh. put it in the scheduling channel, okay. so you can read it. Oh, okay. Oh, excellent. And see how bad it is. Or good. <sighs> Max. Um... So, yeah, with that little cliffhanger for you guys, we will end our episode. Oh, yeah, which actually, before we finish off, I should mention uh, the last thing that we dropped on the uh, RSS feed was the character creation for a game we we're planning to run. Yeah. Uh, which is called Oddity High. Uh, we've done, you know, we've done that. I need to make, do another character creation session with Elliot this weekend. Uh, so they can Woo! character. Um, and then we will be uh, recording those games in um, sort of throughout July and August. Don't don't sort of hold your breath for those t- episodes to be released uh, immediately. It'll probably take us a wee while to edit them. Like editing an AP is a lot more arduous than just kind of doing this and then shitting it out onto you guys' uh, podcast feeds. And uh, it's all very exciting. Uh, we can kind of announce more stuff as it gets updated. Uh, anyone else got anything to say about that? Uh, <laughs> That's Max coming into the Discord to say, "Wow, good question." Hmm. <laughs> Max. Fuck off! Fuck off, Max. Um, I'm Elliot. You can find me on Twitter at Cardlayers. That's the only form of social media I have. If you would like to get in touch with me any other way uh, what you will need to do is uh, write me a handwritten letter and 
throw it into the wind. I'll receive it. Yeah, you can find me uh, everywhere at Sarah Mook Costumes. That's S A R E H M C C Costumes. Uh, I'm I'm Dan. You can find me at at Mike underscore Dawson was a zero. You can find my comedy blog at Xbox underscore Holiday, where Usher celebrates holidays with Xbox. Uh, nothing new this week, I don't think. And you can find, of course, you can find the podcast at podofgreed.tumblr.com, uh, podofgreedcast on Twitter, and uh, join our Discord, uh, which there is a link in the description for. And that's all for that podcast for this week. Um, thank you for listening. I, I personally love you very much. Good night. Good night. Good night. I lay my Egyptian god card into my temple and end my podcast. <laughs>